Grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sermon text for today comes from Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 through 20, which read, See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away, and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, then I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him. For he is your life and your length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord your God swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Well, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, this morning I want to invite you to think about a journey that you once took. You may not remember it. It was a long time ago, and I guarantee that you have never been back to that place since. You most certainly made this journey, nearly everyone has. It was a voyage by water, a marine expedition. Well, actually, it was submarine. When you were smaller than a poppy seed, you sallied forth. You embarked on a roiling, cascading four-day journey down a fallopian tube. I know that's a little strange to think about. It's strange to actually say out loud. Uh, it kind of pushes the envelope, though, on, on our ability to, to see and embrace the truth. But the truth is, that really was you. And the thing is, no one ever asked you if you were ready. You received no instructions. No one said, hey, do you want to be born today? It's entirely up to you, you know. No one showed you how, but you put to sea, and for the first day of your life, you floated free. Now imagine, imagine if you had been conscious. They say that consciousness uh, flickers in at 24 weeks, but imagine, imagine if somehow you were conscious, fully conscious from the beginning as an embryo, tiny cluster of cells, you spin, you whirl, you twirl, you tumble at the mercy of forces that are just beyond you. Had you been conscious, you would have come to one of two conclusions. Either a merciless current is sweeping me away, or a guiding current is carrying me to where I need to be. In other words, you would have had to make a choice. Well, either panic or trust. But for now, as a tiny embryo, it's not your choice to make. You can only float. Let the current carry you. It's as if the dial has been preset to trust. As if reliance on a power greater than yourself has been prearranged. 
See, at the beginning, you didn't have the ability to say no to your own life. God said yes, and that was that. God wanted you. So God did not put that choice in your hands, not just yet. In fact, in fact, God commanded you to be. In the exact cadence of his words at the beginning of creation itself, God said, well, let there be Tim, let there be Paul, let there be Natalie, and it was so. You came to be and God saw that it was very good that you were very good. Comes a time, though, when you do, we must choose. I've set before you life and death, says God. Therefore, choose life, that you and your offspring may live. And then God tells you how to make that choice. God says, but if your heart turns, but if your heart turns away to worship other gods, well, then you will surely perish. In other words, the way to choose life was to never choose death. Never turn away from God. The dial is preset for life, for trust. Well, keep it there. It's as if your life has been designed for trust. Well, true, it's a perilous journey. Think about tubing down a raging river. But keep trusting. Don't panic. Just as he did on the embryonic leg of your journey, the Lord is guiding you still. Just as he did when you cascaded down that fallopian tube, the Lord carries you still. You are created to listen to the words of the Lord. Listen to the one who knows you, who knows your entire journey. But this is how we choose death. We start taking our cues from the impressive powers of the sophisticated world, also known as other gods. Well, surely you're no longer a child, beckons the worldly voice. Surely you have already arrived at maturity. You have accepted that there never was a God. No, take matters into your own hands. You must, of course. There's no choice. And we say, well, of course you're right. The matter's delicate. We'd like to trust God, but, but with this, we'd best see to it ourselves. Well, in doing so, we said no to trust, no to God, and therefore, no to our own life. We broke away from the guiding current of God's word, and we chose death. I want you this morning to, to picture Mary, a tall 26-year-old from Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Already in, her, in the sixth grade, Mary wanted to become a nurse like her mother. She watched strangers greet her mother on the street with a tearful gratitude. She watched her mother love them generously. Mary could see that her mother was someone who made a difference in the community around, and that's exactly what Mary wanted. So after high school, Mary went to Villanova. She not only excelled in her classes, but she led a campus organization called Nurses Without Borders. Mary came to see that nursing was more, of the, more than the practice of medicine. Nursing, she saw, needs to wade into the inseparable issues of social justice. 
And so in her senior year, Mary began to think God might be calling her if there was a God. Sometimes she wondered about that. But she thought that God wanted her to make a difference on a larger scale. And so Mary went off to the, the University of Pennsylvania, where she earned her Ph.D. in community health. Now, along the way, two things happened. The first is that she realized that healthcare is a, a global issue. And so she applied to and then was accepted at the London School of Economics. And the second thing is this. She met Michael. Michael was her soulmate. And Michael had received his MBA from Penn and was able to secure a position with a large firm that was in London. So they found a flat. Mary flew over to start classes while Michael was wrapping up things uh, back stateside. Well, the day before Mary's classes began, Michael called. He wasn't moving to London. Instead, he'd been offered a job in New York, and it was a position that was just too good to pass up. And the phone call ended up getting ugly. And Michael broke up with the woman that he loved. Well, Mary was furious, and she was sick to her stomach. Sick to her stomach? <laughs> Mary wondered, am I feeling queasy because my life is falling apart, or am I queasy because she went and got a pregnancy test and it was positive? She panicked. My life is going down the tube. What's happening to me? For a half second, she, she entertained the notion of having a baby, but thought, well, wait, am I out of my mind? Michael's baby? That jerk? And besides, I can't make a global difference and raise a child at the same time. Wait, couldn't God have prevented this pregnancy? Well, she'd figure all that out later, but she decided that she'd get an abortion as soon as possible. The next morning on the subway, well, I guess in London they call it the tube, right? The next morning on the tube, Mary panicked again. She said, I'm on the wrong train. Well, just then there was a, a metronet uh, a worker strolling down the aisle, and, and she kind of called out in panic, is this the train that carries me to the London School of Economics? And a voice came back, sweetheart, you're just where you need to be. When Mary saw the worker's name on her badge, Cecilia, she, her, her, her thoughts jumped to the word cilia. Cilia are those hair-like structures which line the fallopian tubes. They wave back and forth, creating a current that guides the embryo to the uterus just where it needs to be. At Villanova, Mary's favorite professor once compared cilia to to the cheerleaders for the embryo. Go, little person, keep going. There ought to be cilia somewhere for, to guide adults, Mary thought. Well, just then, a young woman slid into the seat beside Mary and said, Hi, I'm Liz. Well, it turned out that Liz was also enrolled at the London School of Economics, and, and Liz turned out to be a very approachable and easy-to-talk-to person. As they got off the, uh, the tube and they walked away, were heading towards school, Mary and Liz passed a towering church. 
Mary thought that perhaps she'd go in some time to pray, but she must have gazed at the cathedral a moment too long because Liz asked her, Do you go to church? Almost never, said Mary. Well, I'm a Christian, said Liz. And they continued talking, and before they parted, they agreed to meet together for lunch the next day. I wonder if Liz is named after Queen Elizabeth, thought Mary, as she walked to class. Well, then it it struck her, Elizabeth. In the Bible, that's who Mary told about her pregnancy. Oh, goodness, no, Mary thought. I, I can't, I'm, not, I'm not telling anyone. How can I even think about having a baby? No friends, no family in my life, my career, my calling. It's impossible. I have no choice. I have to take matters into my own hands. But see, we do have a choice. Therefore, choose life, God said, that you and your offspring may live. The way to choose life is to trust. Don't panic. Did you think that human life was going to be humanly possible? (laughs) It's not. It was never meant to be. Guiding a human being through the journey of life is possible only for God. That's why the only way to choose life is to trust, to trust God. God gives no one a possible life. The call of God is to an impossible life. Otherwise, why trust? And life was created for trust. Well, lunch the next day, did did Mary pour out her soul to Liz? And did Liz take her by the hand and say, I'm here for you, we'll get through this together? And did Mary have her baby? And did Michael come to his senses, quit his job, fly to London, beg for forgiveness from the woman he loved, open his hand to reveal a beautiful ring, and ask her to marry him? And is Mary trusting God for the well-being of her child, for her own education, for her calling, and for her entire impossible life? And was it through this very experience that Mary finally discerned God's call? Is that how she devoted her life to formulating and and advocating for pro-human, pro-life, public health policies grounded in economic realism, global responsibility, and community resourcing? Well, if so, this could only have happened through the cilia by which God guides us, the people who who love us and who cheer us on. The word of God and the scriptures and the sacraments of of baptism and holy communion, through these God nudges, guides, and carries us and and ever unfolds the uh, astonishing journey that he has created for our one and only lifetime. Or did Mary abort her baby? Did she believe the lie that that even God couldn't find a way to carry both her and her baby on the journey? Did Mary trade trust for panic? Did she take matters into her own hands? 
And was it after the abortion that, that she began to slip into that church every afternoon to pray, Oh Lord, love me again. As you have always carried my life, carry also my sin. Carry it to the cross and suffer it away. Forgive me. And kneeling in that cathedral, does Mary now look up at the statue of Jesus, at those nail-pierced hands, and plead that somehow Christ our Lord still holds her baby in his hand? And was it through this very experience that Mary finally discerned God's call? Is this how she devoted her life to formulating and advocating for pro-human, pro-life public health policies grounded in economic realism, global responsibility, and community resourcing? Well, if so, this could have only happened because even though every human being has turned away from him in panic and rebellion, God found a way the cross, to carry us still in the strong current of his abiding word, his pure and amazing grace. Now, these two choices are vastly different. To give birth to a child or to abort it. But one thing is the same. To choose Jesus is to choose life. For Jesus holds every life, even the tiniest. And the nail-scarred palm of his hands. Amen. May the peace of God which passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus, the Lord and giver of life. Amen.